welcome to Olin, a straight shooting science-based podcast about periods, fertility, and nurturing health outside of unrealistic beauty expectations. We will mostly, but not exclusively, focus on hypothalamic amenorrhea, HA, a component of the female athlete triad and relative energy deficiency in sport. I'm Dr. Nicola Rinaldi, scientist and lead author of the book No Period, Now What? I specialize in helping people understand how their eating, exercise, and lifestyle habits are keeping them from hormonal health and their best life. My work focuses on regaining periods, improving fertility, and breaking free of the rules of underlying diet culture. You can book an appointment to speak with me at noperiod.info slash appointments, and go to noperiod.info slash support to join my new online community. My name is Florence Gillet. I am a certified eating psychology coach and the founder of beyondbodyimage.com, as well as the French Instagram account aminore underscore fr. I specialize in weight-inclusive mental and body image recovery. My goal is to help people let go of toxic weight and beauty beliefs to finally feel confident in their bodies. Florence and I also offer a joint coaching package for people wishing to address different aspects of period recovery in a more personal way, accessible from both of our appointment sites. Every two weeks, the All In podcast brings you real recovery stories, expert insights, and new scientific research on HA, hormonal health, and fertility, with an unmissable touch of body respect and women's empowerment. Just a reminder that this podcast represents the opinions of the hosts and their guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. It's for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your primary health practitioner for any medical questions. Music by the Andy Shulman Band, available on Spotify. Hi, Nicola, how are you? I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> Things are quite crazy at the moment. Um, I just bought a new house. And so dealing with dealing with that and a little bit of work to have done before I move in and kids are kids are home with me this week on school vacation. And as you know, the translations are coming along, but we're, you know, we're bringing in some more people to help with editing. And um, so there's a there's a lot that's going on. <laughs> you are so, doing so much at the moment. I am in awe of how much you're doing. But I hope <laughs> I hope it's just a period in time and that you get time to rest after because working at that level all the time is probably not the right thing to do. I have been finding it hard to get out of bed in the mornings, yeah. I will say. <laughs> I bet. So yeah, it's, it's, everything is a work in progress. It's all going to be, it's all going to be good and fine. Um, just quite, quite a lot that's on my plate at the moment. Um, yeah, so for sure. we, how are you, how are you doing? How's everything with you? I, I'm, I'm good. I, um, I, you know, I, I'm a bit like you, like I just have many pots on the cooker, right? Lots of uh -huh. different yep. things that I'm working <laughs> <Yes>. on. Um, <laughs> And so, and, and just like you, um, it is Ramadan at this stage, uh, in the world. So obviously living in the Muslim country, I, um, my, my kids, uh, have shorter days. Uh, they have what we call here Ramadan timings for all the children actually that also fast because now my kids are an age of starting to fast if they were Muslims. 
So, you know, they're around a lot more and I have all these different projects and um, yeah, it's busy uh, just like you. So actually that I think leads us on to what we wanted to do with this episode. This is episode 30. I mean, yay us, um, you know, 30 episodes of the Olin podcast. Um, and actually considering um, all the different things that we do, we felt like it would be a good opportunity to maybe have an episode talking a little bit more about coaching um, because we talked about stories before, but we wanted to bring um, something specific about coaching. And before we reveal really what's going on in this episode and actually the next one also, um, can you tell us a little bit more, Nicola, about what are the different ways that you can coach people? Because obviously we know that, you know, people, I guess, know by now after 30 episodes that we do joint coaching and we support women in period recovery with both, you know, the physiology and the, the, the physical side of recovery and the mental side of recovery. But um, I know you work with lots of different people also. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about what you've done recently? Yes, definitely. Um, I also just wanted to comment. My nine-year-old is uh, wearing ice skates with roller guards upstairs. So if you hear clomping around, <laughs> that's what that noise is. <laughs> well, we'll try to edit it out. But obviously, when you speak, it's impossible to edit it out. So yeah. yes, no so, worries. Enjoy, yeah. Cameron. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to share a little bit about some of the more interesting cases that I've worked with recently. Um, you know, I absolutely period recovery is sort of my number one uh, thing uh, that I that I do, but I can actually help with a lot more than that. So just in terms of understanding blood work and what might be going on, I recently worked with somebody who was told that she was in menopause, but she didn't even have the right hormones checked. So, you know, there's there's like so much misinformation and just helping to helping people to really understand like what is my diagnosis? Is this the right thing for me? I can, you know, that's something I can really help with. Um Someone wanting advice on letrozole versus try versus continuing to try natural cycles. So lots of stuff on the fertility, uh, the fertility treatment side. I can, you know, I can answer questions that your doc, your doctor might not have time to. I can help you understand all the different options that they might not know about because they don't necessarily know HA in the same way. Um, I work with a division one tennis player, a teenage soccer player and her mom, um, somebody trying to get cycles back postpartum and sort of thinking about, well, if they don't come back, what do I want to do in terms of fertility treatments, yeah. um, guidance on incorporating exercise again. This is a person who had, she's had, she's had regular cycles for a year, but as soon as she started trying to exercise, her cycle went missing. So we were talking about ways to reincorporate exercise and doing it mindfully and carefully and sort of following the data so that we could, so that she could really have an idea of how her body was being affected by adding in exercise. So these are just some of the many ways that I can work with people and help them in you know, awesome. not just period recovery, but yeah. so much more all along the journey. Um, so Florence, how about you? Can you tell us some of the things that you work with people on? Yes, of course. So, um, you know, uh, the core of my business remains body image coaching. Um, I have lots of people coming to me and saying, I don't really have issues with periods. I, you know, I'm fine on that, on that side, but I am a chronic dieter and I hate my body and it's just 
eating me up like inside. I can't stop thinking about food and my body and my weight and I can't stop weighing myself. And it's like ruling my life and I've had enough and I want to get out of this. So, so that's definitely something I still very much do. I actually see a lot of women that have recovered their cycles thanks to the Olin method, not with us, like by themselves with the book, but then they come later down the line where they're like, I can see that I'm just going to yo-yo back into HA land and I just have to really work on body acceptance. So it's a body image, body acceptance is one way uh, to work with me outside of period recovery. Um, and then uh, I work with parents. Uh, I go speak in organizations, you know, um, schools and nurseries here in Dubai um, that um, people that want to basically pass on positive body image to their children and they really don't know where to start. They really don't know how to do it. Um, I've recently also worked more with corporates, um, corporate companies that really want to develop kind of well-being programs, but outside of the weight-centric point of view, to which I'm like, yay, that's amazing. Because if that goes into corporates, like there's a chance that it's going to also trickle down also to maybe, you know, insurance companies. And this is something that maybe some of the corporates will say also, well, that doesn't make sense if you just base everything off the, off the BMI. And so that's also something I do. I go into and speak to companies, um, you know, usually big names that just want to speak about well-being, but from a really uh, weight-inclusive point of view. And then recently I got trained also uh, to provide what is called guided self-help for binge eating disorder. Um, that is something I'm very excited about. It's... Um, it's a method that I wouldn't say is exactly health at every size aligned. Let me be very honest with that. But it's a kind of streamlined form of CBT for eating disorders um, that is much more accessible, uh, both in time and in financing, like how much money you need to um, follow this method. It's literally, I'm able to kind of accompany people following a book uh, called Overcoming Binge Eating um, and them applying what the book says, but having some guidance and some accountability doing that. So that's going to be new for me because obviously I have my own little method of coaching people that I developed myself, but this is like more following really CBTE principles, which we know today is pretty much the golden standard for eating disorder recovery in adults and more and more in teenagers as well. So that's going to be uh, a cool new thing that I can uh, work on with people. And I think the fact that I have the body image knowledge as well on top of it is probably going to give people like a, you know, more for their money, basically, where they can count yeah, on absolutely. having that support and and i think um so we'll we'll see where that takes me but um but yeah that's that's about it for me that's, that's enough i think well, oh my gosh yes you've been so busy that's fantastic and yeah. i mean i really i really can't stress enough how important the body image work is and you know everything that you do i mean we've heard so many stories including yours where people didn't do that body image work up front and then it just you know yes you get your period back but it's still things are still much harder than they need to be when you're oh, still yes. so focused on your body. Um, For sure. So. And it's funny because I was, you know, just um, a few days ago, I was shopping uh, for clothes. 
because, you know, I live in a really hot country, so I basically don't shop in the winter. <laughs> I cannot shop in the winter because what am I going to wear from the winter collections? That made no sense to me. So when the spring summer collections come, I shop a little bit more and it lasts me for, you know, the whole year. And I was shopping for clothes and the reality is I probably gained quite a bit of weight in the past two years since the pandemic started, which I think is probably the case of many people. Um, but, you know, really no big deal. I just, um, that's why I actually want more clothes as well, is mm -hmm. that I can fit mm -hmm. um, yes. properly. And it took me a long time to shop, but I took that time and I really picked the pieces in which I felt comfortable and I didn't mm -hmm. feel like it was pulling or tugging or not feeling great. And I went a size up and I didn't really pay attention to that. And it made me realize like, wow, that's really cool that I can go home and feel really happy and satisfied about the shopping experience. Um, even though like I tried so many things that didn't fit mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and I had to go up a size and I know a while ago it would have been like a really tough experience um, so you're right it's really something that you keep for life um, yeah and I'm so happy that I'm able to navigate this with a bit of grace I would say yes. for myself and a bit yes. of kindness for myself yeah absolutely say, yeah we can find gorgeous clothes it's fine we'll just fit you know the yeah. body and not the other way around so yeah and I just I just put a post on my Instagram I've been um, having some rosacea recently which is like redness and spots on my on my nose and my cheeks and you know I I look at it in the morning I'm like eh, you know it doesn't look great and it doesn't whatever but I just go about my day and it's like, yeah. I don't let it get to my head. It's like, I don't feel like anyone's treating me any differently, which I think also speaks to other people, you know, just like everybody's just a human being in their body. And, sure you know, just it's, you know, you can have flaws. We all have flaws. Oh, totally. <laughs> And, and I've actually realized recently that like one of my ears is seriously lower than the other one. So my glasses are always <laughs> off kilter, <laughs> like whatever. It's just who I am, you know? <laughs> totally. And I love that post that you made about, um, you know, dealing with Rosa Rosacea. Of course, I mean, would it be better not to have it? Let's agree. Of course, it's better. Yes, um, yes. But I love that you shared that this was happening. And it was obviously something that sometimes can make you feel self-conscious. Um, you know, I've dealt with acne for so long. I totally mm -hmm. get that. Um, but then again, like, honestly, you know, sometimes I have a spot and I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'm just going to yeah. get on with it. And um, yep. I hadn't even noticed that you had redness, to be honest. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, um, but great post. I think it's really important that more people also post, you know, sharing what's happening, not filtering, not uh, photoshopping, not blurring all of their yep. faces. I think it's really, it's really necessary. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Thank you. I think now we should probably get on with the episode. Yes. Um, so uh, would you like to tell uh, tell folks who we're going to be chatting with today? Yes. So, Well, I we... mean, today on the episode, but we recorded them at different times, obviously. <laughs> it's not live, I'm afraid, people. Um, but we, we make it sound like it's live. Uh, we were very lucky to have actually um, three different uh, women uh, coming on this episode. Um, one is Georgina from the UK. Uh, and Georgina actually worked exclusively with you, Nicola. 
but she has a really cool story because I think a lot of people will recognize themselves in her uh, journey as well. Yes. Um, and then we have Angie and Lior. Uh, both of those ladies we worked together with. Uh, so they had sessions with you and with me, not at the same time, <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> but within, within a same set of uh, coaching sessions. Uh, so kind of within, I would say, a few months, typically. Um, Angie is in the US and Lior is in Israel, which was really important. Also, we tried to have like a not so much of a English speaking focus, uh, you know, on, on picking clients that we could talk to, uh, and they tell us about their stories. Is there anything else that I missed Nicola that you want to add? No, I think that about covers it. So let's get cracking. And, um, I think we're going to start with Georgina, right? Yes, that's All right. right. Then All right. we'll bring her on. Talk to you soon. Enjoy. All right. Well, we're super excited, as we just mentioned, to talk to a number of our different clients. And um, we're, we have Georgina here with us from the UK. So Georgina, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and if you could start by just telling us a little bit about how you came to have HA and how you found No Period, Now What? And sort of like just a little bit about your journey, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So firstly, thank you for having me. Um, I We're talking years back now. It must be about, I don't know, five, six years um, mm -hmm. that things really started badly for me. I, it started with just an interest in the gym, started working out. I think it was my sister's wedding and I was trying to lose a bit of weight and started to see results. And so mm -hmm. I just worked out that bit more um and started cutting out more and more things and in terms of my diet and before mm -hmm. I knew it it completely spiraled out of control and it became completely obsessive and at the time obviously you don't realize but people are complimenting you and saying how good you look and yep. it encourages you to keep going um until it completely takes a whole grip on on your life and you just don't mm -hmm. realize and at the time I was on the pill and um, the contraceptive pill. So I had no idea that my periods had, well, I say my periods were not there, but you know, you're having a period from being on the pill. Um, right. I was obviously clearly underweight though. And I remember um, I then got married myself and wanted to start a family. So I came off the pill and there was no period. Um, mm -hmm. And I, think I was in denial to think that my period would come back when I came off the pill and it was only really a few months after coming off the pill that I realized okay I'm clearly not in any position to get you know my period back but I didn't really want to make any changes I wanted things to happen for me but I didn't want to make any changes and um mm -hmm. A girl I know was going through the same thing and she actually shared no period now what on Instagram and I clicked on the link and from there on, it was, it became literally like a new life for me. Um, mm -hmm. Firstly, just getting that support from everyone else that was going through the same thing because nobody really understands it unless they're going through it. Um, and then I think I still wasn't really pushing myself just from reading comments in the group. Um, I reached out to Nicola, whose knowledge and expertise in the area is like, she's, 
genius um, <laughs> and not only is she genius but was just so honest with me and I needed that I needed that like brutal honesty where she basically said to me like you will not get there unless you change <laughs> and um, you you really pushed me I think out of my comfort zone and um, I remember trying to bargain with you saying well, well you know I'll, I'll just uh, I'll just maybe just drop one day of exercise and just exercise five days out of you know six and then and and you were like um that's not gonna get you there <laughs> so I think <laughs> I just really needed someone to hold me accountable and really be honest and say to me look you can do that but you're not gonna get you know what you're you're not gonna achieve your goals by doing that um and I remember sharing blood work with you and all sorts and over in the UK there's just so little knowledge about you know, hypothalamic amenorrhea, they are, they're so quick to palm you off with, with all different kind of responses in terms of what might be mm -hmm. wrong with you or how to recover from that. And I just, I really needed some, someone to get me. And I think Nicola, you definitely did that and helped me find my feet along with the group who obviously going through the same thing and the frustrations and even like the little questions where you, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't feel comfortable asking a doctor, um, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> and it can become really consuming. So it's, it's good to have people going through that with you. And I don't know about you, but I found that it was maybe easier to ask questions to other women that you would never meet in real life. Like, you know, I, I don't even know. I think I have shared more intimate stuff with the women on the group um, than with my closer friends, you know, because I knew Absolutely. that I would see my friends over and over again. I didn't really want to talk cervical <laughs> mucus with them. But, um, but with people that I would never meet in the street or in my neighborhood, I, I could be so much more free. So I Absolutely. think it's interesting there was no judgment on whatever you asked mm -hmm. as well. And, and, you know, mm -hmm. there was always someone to come back to you at all times of the day and morning and night because people <laughs> are all over the world. <laughs> so I could be up at three o'clock in the morning asking questions and someone will respond to me, um, which is really nice. It's a real community feel without actually knowing these people. When you started working with me um, and we were doing the coaching sessions together, what were your goals and what was your, what was your experience like both working with me and just with all in, in general? Yeah. So I think, um, for me, my goal was always having a baby always from day mm -hmm. one. Um, if I'm, if I'm really honest, I never really wanted, um, to gain weight. I never, um, I wasn't desperate to be free from, you know, like my eating disorder or my habits. Um, I, I, when you're stuck in that world, you're quite comfortable in it. So it, it's, there's only if you have a why and a reason to recover, do you actually get somewhere? And for me, it was always having a baby. And um, I was quite happy being, you know, slim and working out. I didn't really want to give that up. So that was never mm -hmm. my goal. It was only when I realized that I couldn't have both um, that I realized one had to give. And obviously, um, as I said before, working with Nico, there was someone to hold me accountable, someone to push me and challenge me and be honest with me. And, you know, the only person that was that was going to miss out was me. And you know, Nico can tell me, but she can't do it for me. I have to do it. Um, mm -hmm. 
and now obviously my life is completely different I wouldn't have it any other way and I have achieved my goals and I am still I'm forever grateful to Nico because her knowledge and um and as I said before her expertise in the area is is like you know even when you go for appointments here and you come back and you've got questions you feel so unsure having that having that one-to-one coaching that there's an opportunity and space to ask all the questions that you want to ask and that you wouldn't necessarily ask the doctors here or push back here that they're quite funny about being like questioned the doctors Mm -hmm. but when Mm -hmm. you go back full of knowledge they they have no they have no legs to stand on and if you come with all the knowledge and the research and that's what Nico provided me with I would never have had that by myself Um, and it gave me a new level of confidence to you know take on each appointment I had or even each day knowing that someone that that Nicola was going to you know get me there um, and that kept me going, I think, even when I thought I just can't do this. That's really cool. Um, that I mean, Georgina, we never worked together. You really worked exclusively with Nicola as a coaching client. But I can definitely recognize what you talk about in the way that Nicola helped me when I was um, in the throes of HA. Um, I'm just wondering if there was a kind of aha moment in your experience, like, I understand that you really wanted that baby and you at some point you felt like, okay, I'm going to have to choose between that dream body or that dream life that I want. But um, was there like something specific about really meeting Nicola, except for what you just explained now about, you know, getting the information, being able to challenge the doctors? Was Was there really a moment or something specific that you'd like to talk about? I I never had that aha moment, um, which I think a lot of people did have. Um, I I never experienced it as such. I think it. I was one of those that it took me a really long time to make the changes. I did it really gradually, whereas um, a lot of the girls from the group just decided one day, right, that's it, I'm going all in. And yeah. like, and do I wish I did that? Yes, in hindsight, I probably do, um, but. I understand those who are stuck in it that can't just make that Mm -hmm. decision. It's huge. It is really huge. And um, I remember people saying, oh, I wish I'd done it earlier and whatever. And I I am one of those. I do wish, but I still, I forgive myself for not doing it, you know, overnight because that, you know, it was huge for me. Um, So I don't think I necessarily had an aha moment. I just think I realized that time was ticking and I wasn't getting anywhere by doing what I was doing. Um, And, you know, just doing that, these gradual changes, it wasn't enough. Um, Mm. And I think it took me a really long time to say, right, I'm going to have to just give up my exercise and just take, get on with it because this is, you know, having a baby is my dream and I'm not getting there. So I don't ever remember like that specific aha moment. I just remember being that it took me, I was trying to make these like gradual changes and just not getting there. And I think it took me a long time to accept that I'm going to have to do it um, in order to get there. Um, But I remember thinking like seeing all the group, all the girls in the group sharing, whether they, you know, had um, their periods come or, or had a positive pregnancy test and thinking that would just never be me. Um, so for anyone that is making gradual changes, thinking it will never be them, I'm living proof. <laughs> it can take you a really long time. It can. Um, and that's okay. If it takes you a long time, as long as you're committed to doing it. And that, yep. as I said before, if you have that why and you hold on, that is why you want to recover and that will keep you going. And whatever it takes to get there, you will get there. Yeah. 
So can you tell us a little bit about um, sort of your, the rest of your journey? So I know you do in fact have a son now and um, you shared some exciting news with me the other day. So if you could tell us a little bit about that and sort of what your life is like now versus when you were, when you had HA and you were sort of in the throes of all that exercise and food control. Yeah. So, um, as I said, I did, I did go all in, um, and it still took me for quite a long time. I, I didn't get my periods back. Um, and I actually ended up going down the fertility treatment route on the basis Mm -hmm. that I had tried everything. I think, um, I was quite an unusual case where I had obviously done so much damage to my body that it was going to take a really long time for things to kick back in. Um, I was seriously underweight for quite a long time and um, especially very well like below what my set point should be and um, in the end we went down the IVF route and we had quite a difficult journey with um, pregnancies along the way a couple of losses nothing to do with my weight Um, but my periods just never really like kicked in um thankfully we um had success with IVF and um throughout my pregnancy I fully embraced being pregnant I loved every second of being pregnant I um ate whatever I wanted I completely rested I thought I'm never going to have an opportunity to rest ever again (laughs) once this baby (laughs) is here so I'm going to rest um I exercised for enjoyment you know it was a complete change of mindset um, mm-hmm. even though even though I'd gone all in I don't think I really enjoyed being in that mindset I felt like I couldn't exercise because I wasn't allowed to and you know like if I wanted to achieve my goals whereas now it was like oh if I want to I can and if I don't want to then that's fine so mm-hmm. I really embraced that attitude throughout my pregnancy and I really hoped that it would continue once the baby was here because I was nervous that you know your body changes so much through pregnancy and I was I was nervous that my old habits would sneak back in to kind of shift that baby weight um but six months on I am thrilled to say that I have the same attitude I you know now exercising is me time because (laughs) I get so little of it so I know that you did in fact end up having a baby which is super exciting and you also shared some really great news with me just recently about life post baby um so if you could just tell us a little bit more about what your life looks like now um you know sort of post ha post exercise and food restriction and you know how things how things are feeling these days i would be lying if i said that i am you know look in the mirror every day now and feel fantastic and love what i see but I don't care as much as I used to care Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's not my world anymore. There's a little person that is my world. And, um, I, I do exercise, um, for 30 minutes at a time, not two hours. And because that 30 minutes is 30 minutes of me time, not because I feel like I need to punish my body. I don't care. I don't track, you know, the calories or any mm-hmm. of that anymore I was obsessive about putting everything in my in my fitness power my app and making sure that you know I would like freak out if I ate too much fruit because of the sugar and now it's like whatever I want to a certain extent but I genuinely do like you know enjoy a balance um and mm-hmm. my life is different and my life is not stressful when it comes to food I can go out for dinner and it'd be no problem I can go on holiday and it'd be no problem um 
it's just it doesn't consume me anymore and I just don't find it um it's really boring <laughs> being so obsessive <laughs> about it it's, I didn't realize how boring I was um and, you know even like my relationships we, we went on holiday last week and and my husband said to me you know it's just such a different experience now like mm-hmm. being on holiday with That's you so and lovely. it's you know, if something's cooked in oil or with a sauce, you know, it's really not the end of the world. Um, I remember, I remember that was a big struggle. (laughs) That was, that was, um, and it was for a good few years. So it's a, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a very different life for me now. Um, And I'm forever grateful to have got to this point, to be honest. Um, before we go further, I just the the exciting news. Uh, um, you have sorry, now I had... forgot that bit. Yeah? Yes, how could I forget <laughs> that? <laughs> I have, yes, I have. So um, Jake is six months, and I have had two recovery periods. Um, something Yay. I never thought Woo! would happen. I'm currently mm-hmm. waiting for my third, um, and very hopeful. I have had a lot of signs that it is on its way, so I'm hopeful for a third, um, which I think technically means I've recovered, doesn't it? Once that comes, yep. Yeah, um, I mean, which it's, really you know, I never. It's, thought. it's always a journey. It's it's always um, you know I think that there's not really one marker in the road, like, like you plant a flag and yes, you're recovered now, but three periods is a, is a very good step along the way. And I think it's just about, you know, continuing to really make sure you're fueling well and, you know, moving as you enjoy the movement and, you know, just, I mean, there, there might be bumps in the road ahead. And I think that that's something that's important for people to recognize is it's. Absolutely. I was going to say. There can still be trip wires. And especially for someone who has a real history of it, you know, if it wasn't just like a, a phase for like a year, if there's real history behind it. So for me, it was a good few years and I think it will live with me forever and I'll forever have to be conscious of the fact that I can never go overboard. Um, I also think my body will be sensitive to, you know, a, too much exercise yes. or, you know, if if for whatever reason I'm slightly low on, on my fuel, then, you know, mm-hmm. I hence I may have exercised maybe a bit too much in the last few weeks which is why I'm still waiting for the third I am hopeful it will come because I know I know now the signs where I'm like ah okay I need to rein that in a little bit um Mm -hmm. but it's something I'll forever be mindful of as is as is my body image you know you can't just suddenly turn that off if it's something that's always been with you you can't turn that off but it's about realizing what's what's actually really important here and, you know, I think what's beautiful when you have had children also following um, that type of journey and maybe finding it takes maybe a bit longer to really come to the realization that's what you're going to do is that you break that cycle for your kids as well. Because once mm-hmm. you start seeing yourself as more than just an appearance or a weight or a body to perfect, you're effectively protecting your children who are going to get already all these influences from outside of the home. But inside the home, you're effectively doing something magical for them. Um, yes. Because how many parents are having issues with body image and their weight and their size and their food? And the problem is, even if they don't push their children down that route, they will... The, kids will notice it you know kids are picking up on that stuff for me also I um I know I would love a second child and Mm. I would love to be able to avoid going down the IVF route um Mm -hmm. and having two natural periods is giving me like a glimmer of hope that I can get there without that 
and that's yep. I think what's gonna really keep me going that actually I need to keep healthy and around you know doing what I'm doing if I want to have you know the the pleasure of another child without IVF so um mm-hmm. I think it's so easy to want to kind of shed that baby weight and get back into bad habits but if you think about the longer term not only for your child that's with with you now as you as you just said Florence and about teaching them bad habits but also if you want a few, like a healthy future and, and another possibility it's just not worth it takes such a long time to repair the body that it wouldn't even be worth me like rocking the boat now if if I'm healthy mm-hmm. I just wanted to um, give you an opportunity, Georgina, to talk a little bit about what we were talking about sort of before we started recording um, and just sort of your experience with All In and um, how you, you you were saying that you didn't feel sort of this joy and uh, freedom like, you, like other people did. And so I, I think if you could tell us a little bit more about that and what it felt like for you, I think that would be great. Yeah, so um, I used to read the comments in the group religiously it was literally like my bible um and there was just so many people saying like oh just jump all in you know it's the best thing I ever did I'm I'm loving eating whatever I want I'm eating cookies for breakfast lunch and dinner and um you know eating all through the night and I'm feeling amazing for it and I look fantastic for it and I'm sleeping really well and I didn't experience any of that. I found it really difficult time. I was miserable. I felt like I was being forced to do something I didn't want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I hated what I saw back in the mirror from from you know raining that exercise in and from eating things that I didn't that I felt pushed to eat. It's okay also to not enjoy the all in experience. I, I found like maybe I was doing something wrong because I wasn't experiencing that, and I I definitely didn't experience you know better hair or sleep for such a long time down the road. And I think that that can also take a really long time to come back. And my hair now is only just I had a hair expenses for four years, and now my hair's in such a good place. But it's taken me a long mm-hmm. time to get here. So I think it's important that people don't expect those changes overnight or you know after two weeks and some people did get their periods back after like four weeks of going all in and that's fantastic for them. But I would, I just want people to know that that isn't, that isn't for everyone. That isn't the case for everyone. And it doesn't mean you'll never get there. I remember thinking this would never be me. And I I did get there just in my time. Um, But yeah, I found it difficult. I, you know, it was, um, a hard time for me I, I hated what I saw it took me a long time to get my head around it and I think I'm only grateful for that now that I've got my goal and mm-hmm. um, I would just say don't give up because you're not enjoying it you will eventually get the goal even if you don't enjoy the all-in experience See, that's why I think it's so important to have to have a what you have to have that why that reason that you want to recover and hold on to that and once you achieve that then you will realize like okay I didn't enjoy it but I've got I am where I am and I'm pleased with that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it seems like you now are enjoying the way that your life is yeah yeah compared to back then, even if you didn't enjoy the process of getting here. Yeah. And I, and so I'm grateful I went through that difficult time to be where I am now. Um, and yes, it will always be in the back of my mind that, you know, oh, I, I felt, you know, you have a bad day. I think women generally do, even if they've never had HA, you know, you can look in the mirror and mm-hmm. not like what you see one day. Um, and it will always be there, but generally speaking on a daily basis, yeah, I'm much, my life is much more free and enjoyable. Great. 
um, Florence, would you like to ask our, our yeah. last ritual last question? <laughs> yes. So Georgina, you know that on this podcast, we ask all our guests how they are all in right now. So not so much all in in their recovery for HA, but really fully present in their lives and really trying to enjoy every minute and not care so much about, you know, what they look like. So how does that look for you? How are you all in right now? Um, I would say the most I have ever been in my life. And I don't know if that's because Jake keeps me occupied and I don't have time to think about myself. Um, but I wake up in the morning and I exercise for 30 minutes for me because I enjoy that. And because that's 30 minutes of me time, because once those 30 minutes is up, it's, it's, I'm mum. I'm not Georgina. I'm mum. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that the rest of the day is filled with with looking and playing with Jake and you know and eating for what I want to eat and enjoying myself and thinking about what, what the day is not what I'm eating and so that is what it looks like for me I'm not consumed by I, I used to pack like snacks with me for certain timings of the day and if I was hungry before that snack was due I couldn't eat anything and now it's like oh I'm a bit hungry I'll just grab whatever I can and especially mm -hmm. with a baby you don't have time to you know think oh, okay no. well at 4 30 I'm gonna have that snack that I want to prepare fully and you have to be able to just grab whatever you can grab and I I can be I can do that now and I couldn't have done that so actually in a way am I pleased it took me so long to have to have Jake yes I am because I wouldn't have been able to cope with you know, mm -hmm. having to be so flexible had I have not gone all in. So that is where I'm at now in terms of being more flexible and, in, and enjoying things and being more present and enjoying my time with Jake because I'm not consumed by my thoughts. Um, and I'm so grateful yeah. for that. That's, That's amazing. And, you know, you're giving him the best start in life, also being present and happy and enjoying that time because... The first year of life, like it's, it's, it's both feels very long and very short at the same time mm -hmm. and they grow mm -hmm. so much and you really don't want to miss out on that for no, sure. Absolutely um, not. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, not that you want to miss another year. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's lovely to be able to hear you being so happy and fulfilled mm -hmm. after the long, hard road to get there. So well done to you. I yes. mean, it's really your hard work no thank you and honestly I am forever grateful for finding no period now I, I truly believe that if I hadn't I'd still be where I was all those years ago um mm -hmm. and that's a real testament to the work that you guys do and the group generally well, thank you thank so you much so Georgina. much for joining us today and sharing your experience it's been lovely to oh, see you again you. and hear a little bit more about how you're doing so yeah i hope not to see you for those purposes but it was lovely <laughs> to see you anyway um and i'm sure we'll we'll keep in touch anyway yes all right yes, well absolutely. i send Sending you all the good vibes for whatever comes next for you, taking care of that uh, lovely baby of yours and potentially having more children if that's your wish. So yep. uh, thank you so much for giving us uh, some of your time. And I, I think your um, testimonial will definitely uh, be good for many people listening to us who feel like maybe they're stuck or they don't know why it takes so long. So yeah. Um, 
thank you again and take care. Thank you. Bye. All right. Hi, Angie. It's lovely to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining us as we're chatting with um, some of our former clients, just talking about their experiences and with HA and with working with us. So if you wouldn't mind just starting by telling us a little bit about sort of how you got HA and um, how you found No Period, Now What? And uh, just sort of that, that part of your journey. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me. Um, let's see how I got HA is a mystery to me at this point. Um, mostly just because I was on birth control for so long. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I got birth off of birth control, I had no period. So, I mean, who knows how long that was going on for. Um, I, you know, I got off of birth control with the intention of like, okay, we're ready to have a baby. My, my mom had me whenever she was very young, maybe not, you know, like exactly nine months after my parents we're married, not exactly part of the plan. So I was like, this should be pretty easy for me. Um, you know, and I was like, Oh, we don't have, I want to have a Christmas baby. Let's, you know, let's be careful about whenever I get off of birth control, because that's where, how quickly we thought it was going to go. And then, and then I had no period. I was like, where, where, where'd you go? Um, and from there I ended up working with like a lot of fertility specialists, like a lot of them. And my Mm -hmm. first intention was just to find my period. And the first doctor just put me on a whole bunch of drugs. Like, I I don't even like today, I don't even know what we were trying to accomplish. I was very confused by it. I'm an Mm -hmm. engineer. I'm very intentional about understanding how everything works. That's how my brain works. And I actually broke like that. (laughs) Yeah. I broke up with a doctor because I was like, I don't, you can't explain to me what you're doing. I, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't work with you. Yeah. Um, and then, it, and she was really like, let's get you pregnant. And I was like, I'm not trying to get pregnant. I'm, a, I'm actually trying to find my period. So mm-hmm. I felt like I, she was leading me down this whole path. So I quit doing fertility treatments for a while because that's not really what I thought I was up to. Um, tried to find my period. I wasn't sure where it was. Uh <laughs> Uh, ended up being like, okay, you know what, forget it. Let's just go make a baby and worked with a fertility specialist who basically brushed off the fact that I didn't have a period. She was like, no, nah, uh-huh. you know, you don't have a period. It's not a big deal. Let's just go ahead and pump you full of all these drugs. And I've done, oh, I don't know. I think at least five IUIs and I've done two rounds of IVF uh-huh. and eventually, uh, which with no success. So uh-huh. eventually I asked the doctor, like what's going on? Where, like, let's rewind. Let's go back to where the cause is. Where, where is my period? Like what's, what's my diagnosis? Tell me what my diagnosis is for why I don't have a period. And she said, well, you know, you have HA. I was like, okay, well, let me go. Of course now, you know, I'm going to go research. What is that? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I researched about it and it was for people who, what I read initially was for people who are extreme athletes or people under a lot of stress. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not an extreme athlete. So we could rule that one out. (laughs) So maybe it's the stress part. I got, you know, um, I'm going to go get a therapist. Let's go see what's going on there. You know, I'm, I'm ready to uncover whatever it was. Yeah. And I've been working with a wonderful therapist, but you know, still no period. I'm like, okay. Like, uh, ended up going down, you know, of internet search and trying to, who is the aforemost person who knows what HA is and how to deal with it? Like, I'm going to go find that person. And yeah, that's how I found uh, Nicola and all of your research on no period. Now what? 
So I was like, great, I will go find this woman <laughs> to see how she can help me. <laughs> I'm a very tenacious person. I don't really give up on very much. So that's that's how I landed on uh, working with the two of you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And and so um, what, the, I guess the main goal was really uh, getting your period back more than conceiving at that stage, right? What made you decide to actually work with both of us as well? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I was a dual double-edged sword. I was really trying to get pregnant and define my period at the same time. Yep. Um, and so I, you know, I read the vast majority of no period. Now what I met with Nicola and I was like, Oh, okay. I think I know, I actually think I do know what my problem is. I don't think I eat enough food. Um, uh, and no one's talked to me about that. I've worked with, I worked with a nutritionist for years because I was very much into you know, eating the right food and everything and lost a bunch of weight working with her and thought, Oh, I mean, look at me. I am, I'm the pinnacle of new, you know, fitness and success. I've got mm-hmm. this going on. I was getting all kinds of feedback from everyone around me about, Oh, Angie's the healthiest eater here. Um, you know, she, I would carry food with me. Like if I went to travel for work, I would have a little suitcase of food because I'm like, Oh, I can't eat the bad food y'all eat. I'm going to need to bring my own. <laughs> And nobody mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. nobody questioned me and said really allotted what I was up to. Like, oh, wow, look at, look at her. She don't, she won't even eat the food that we're eating. She's so healthy. Um, so I was like, man, there's something I don't get here because I've, the society as a whole is telling me that I'm doing the right thing. My body is telling me I'm not. So yeah. it looks, like I'm going to need extra help to try to combat what the rest of the world is trying to tell me so I can actually do the right thing for, for me and for my body. So I was like, I'm going to need all the help I can get (laughs) to be able to combat (laughs) all of that, you know? So I really appreciated working with both of you where it felt like Nicola was really like the science part and helping me understand like what scientifically I needed to do. And then Florence helped me with like, what's going on with my mental state or, you know, more of like the psychological side behind of, you know, what was really um, driving me to do that. You know, uh, so what I proved is that I actually, my mind is stronger than my body. My body can give me all of the signals that it says, don't do that. And my mind can say, nope, we're doing it anyway, which is Mm -hmm. a cool gift, but not really what we need to be doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a great way to remind people that you can really get HA, even if you don't exercise crazy amounts. Um, it, it could be just that you don't eat enough or you eat too restricted. You know, it's the choices you make don't allow for you to get all the nutrients you need. Yeah. I mean, and I do work out a lot. So I thought maybe that was the issue. Maybe I work out too much. Uh, it turns out, you know, whenever working with both of you, you die. So the hardest part for me was like, okay, don't work out. I'm like, whoa, what, what, what not <laughs> mostly just cause that's my stress relief uh, more than anything else, but it also made me question like, okay, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a challenging space to be in whenever again, you know, the rest of the world is telling you, this is what you should be doing. So having support from both of you is really the only way I think I could have gotten through that. Um, but you know, it turns out after, you know, I dialed totally quit working out, dialed back my food. Now I work out all the time and, I get my period like a clock, like I used to before I got off of birth control. And I've done that Mm -hmm. for over a year. So (laughs) it turns out I just need to eat. Hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's so interesting the um the even working with nutritionists sometimes, dietitians, there's still so much of a focus on body size as being equivalent to health. And so you lose weight and there's not there isn't a red flag. It's like, great, you're doing the right thing. You're, you know, and and I think that's a that's a big problem with our society in general, is just that equivalence between getting smaller equals getting healthier when for many of us, that's just not the case. Um, And I think that if we had more information out there that, you know, getting smaller is not necessarily healthy and there can be negative consequences of all that dieting and exercise and, you know, being in a, being in a place where your body is happy is really the, you know, the, that that's the place where you're more likely to be healthy. And that might not be sort of that quote unquote ideal size, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's almost like a radical notion, which is crazy. Like it's, uh, it's hard. I've had to have, try to have conversations with my family about it. Um, and you know, people that I love and, and they're really hard up on, no, you need to weigh certain weight or your BMI, which if you want to talk to me about BMI, I get like very soapboxy, like very quick. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's like, okay, how can I, like how much of this can you accept is, is usually where I'm trying to have the conversation at this point to try to help people see maybe what's actually true and not what a lot of the media and society puts out there. And then this yeah. link for me, there's, there's a lot of, as you said, Nicola, working sometimes with dietitians, there's this idea that if you eat really restrictive, but then your body is quote unquote, a normal size, then that's normal for you. And that by no means you should get weight more than that, um, you know, because you should stay in the normal. And we all know BMI means nothing. It's really not an indicator of health at all. So for some of us, we actually have to be a higher BMI if we eat normally to really Mm -hmm. fuel our bodies properly. But dietitians are so stuck on this idea as well. And the same for doctors. So you can go on for years and they would not think that you have HA or so because of that same reason, which is really infuriating. Yeah. I mean, I worked with the dietitian to try to find my period. That's what we, I mean, that was part of, I was always like, okay, let's get healthy. Like what's, where's the problem? And instead she was like, look, you lost pounds. This is so Mm -hmm. great. In reality, Mm -hmm. that was like pulling me in the wrong direction. And she's not a bad person or evil. I think it's just, you know, misinformation, you know? Yeah. Yep. So were there any um, aha moments that you had during coaching and, or what, what kinds of things were the most helpful for you in, in working with us? Um, you know, really, I think you, you guys are a dynamic duo of, of both of the things that I really needed. So, you know, again, being an engineer and understanding the science and like the, you know, how it all works is really helpful for me. And then I, I remember, um, one of the biggest things that Florence asked me to do was to change my Instagram feed. And I don't view myself to be like a big social media person, but I mean, all of us, you know, go on there just to mess around every once in a while. And I remember you saying like, what kind of bodies do you see? And I'm like, Oh, well, I love my Peloton. So I see all these like 0% body fat people looking at me all day. And so you really helped me try to, you know, find different body types that I could see, uh, in my feed and like, then it 
got me curious to follow different kinds of people that are along the same health at every size, um, you know, thought process. So it's opened my eyes up and I mean, I went down a super big rabbit hole of reading like tons of books about health at every size and everything. So sorry, mm-hmm. I'm a huge nerd. So this is, this was no, like speaking to my thing, heart, right? you know, so, <laughs> and it's been really great. Um, because then I could offer those resources to people who, if whenever I get on my soapbox for a certain amount of time and they seem <laughs> mm-hmm. curious and they're not like, okay, like back off. Then, you know, I've, there's a couple books I've passed around to friends that, you know, have been curious about it in step two. So, um, yeah, but both, both of y'all were crucial to my healing journey for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that that's, that's really what motivated us also to work together because I would not be where I am if it was not for Nicola's work, to be honest. So I feel like, you know, it's, it's great to hear that it works well and that it, helped you I think with, with what I add to the mix is really kind of unlocking some of those beliefs right and I think a lot of what I do with with clients is kind of go be beyond the this is what I have to do but why is it why is it so difficult why can't I let go of those beliefs about my body my health mm-hmm. what I eat how I exercise and um, and then finding ways to just live with the discomfort really um, for that journey. That's huge. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it doesn't, that doesn't go away. I mean, you're still living in a society that tells you that you should be yep. doing all of these things. So there's still times that I'm like, Oh, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe I should be doing something different. And then I have to be like, mm-hmm. no, no, you know, um, <laughs> remember your period's your friend and she's going to go away <laughs> if we don't do that. Like, you know, and that really knowing that, um, like that's a way for my body to tell me like something's not right here. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, that, I think that's a big message to me to, to know that that's really important to stick with it. And yep. talking about that, how is your life after HA today? Oh, I think that I'm a lot, um, it, it has made my life a lot easier in some regards, especially because, so I travel a lot for work. And so you should have seen the amount of effort that I would put in to like oh, get everything imagine. together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was the carrying a cooler with me to like make sure wow. I was bringing my food. So, and again, everybody's like, Oh yes, look at her. She's like so smart for doing all of that. Right. Um, and uh, so that has made my life a lot easier. I used to spend a lot of Sunday meal prepping everything. So then that way I could like have, I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I used to spend a lot of money on buying like very rigorous, like fit into my program type of food, which I, I don't do. Um, it's been interesting for me even to watch some of my friends and some of my coworkers whenever we go out to eat now where they're like, Oh, I want this, but make sure it doesn't have this on it. And then like, mm. you know, I can't have carbs and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's so painful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to be with because, and there are so many people that I'm around that I can see that about. Um, so again, I'm always trying to like toe the line of like, can I talk to them about it? Or like, <laughs> is it uh, uh, okay? Maybe, maybe I'll just let you do you for a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Um, so if you could recommend one thing to people who are currently working on HA recovery, what would that be? Um, I mean, if you're really serious about it, I would recommend to work with the two of you and I am not a paid sponsor. So, I mean, that, that is, <laughs> that's the truth. 
Um, I mean, I could, I read a lot. I'm, you know, I'm very disciplined person as you can see from me being able to erase my period. Um, so I, I could, I have a lot of discipline, but I don't think that just reading no period now, what, which is helpful. Don't get me wrong. I don't think just by reading that, I don't think I would have been able to do it. Mm-hmm. And my journey was pretty short. I mean, after I started working with the two of you, we had sessions and they were super helpful, but then like, I never went back. So, um, which I, you know, I'm not, I don't have any issue or I'm not throwing shade on anyone who does go backwards. Cause I can totally understand how that might happen. But after we worked together and you kind of helped, help me, it was a pretty easy, um, journey for me from that. Of course, there's still stuff that every once in a while pops up that I start to wonder about and this week. Y'all should see what I have eaten. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm still okay. I mean, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I would really advocate for getting some help, um, you know, working with experts to be able to support you on the journey, because again, you are up against an entire society that is telling mm-hmm. you something different. And whenever that you're in a system like we all exist in, you're you need help to be able to break those barriers and to do what's right for you and for your body. Yeah. And can you remind our listeners how long you think you had HA? Um, I know sometimes we're on birth control for it, so it's sometimes difficult. Um, and how long it took for you to recover? Oh gosh, I don't know for sure how long I had HA, but if I could, I would guess it was probably upwards of like, uh, probably like seven years if I had to guess, because that's whenever I started to get really restrictive with my food and like Mm -hmm. really trying Mm -hmm. to march towards a certain weight that I was working on and had all kinds of devices to try to help me to get to them. And then, you know, all kinds of personal trainers and dietitians like you know or whatever um so i would imagine it was probably close to seven years and then i think i worked with y'all for a couple months it wasn't it definitely wasn't a year but Mm -hmm. i think it was a couple of months and you know of course meeting with both of you regularly and then change the work was me the work was me stopping what you know what i was doing my husband was a super big support and always is. He like started making biscuits every week or like we just started, it was like, cool. Like, so you're saying I can eat cookies every day. We're like, yeah, exactly. Let's make, <laughs> I now make cookies. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I have a baker in the house. Um, let's, let's use those Tupperwares for cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was, um, it, it was a quick recovery for me but there's still work to be done all the time. You know, there, I, yeah. I think the hardest part for me was I definitely had to go buy new clothes. I remember Florence and you were like, I need you to go get all new pants. And I was like, huh? Yep. Like, <laughs> I've been working so hard to get in these pants. Now you want me to never wear them again. <laughs> oh my God. Like, so it's been a journey of like re getting all new clothes yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, stuff that I can fit in. You probably know from the podcast we usually have a ritual question for all of our guests so we're going to ask you as well um how are you all in right now even though you don't you're not all in for period recovery anymore but how are you really fully engaged in your life at this stage i think i'm all in on um doing what's right for my body and i and Mm -hmm. that's a journey that you're on 
for the rest of your life. And it starts with your period recovery, but it never ends. So really listening to your body and, and, um, seeing the signals. And if it's a missed period, Oh, okay. Uh, I'm learning something or if it's a, you know, I'm really tired. So maybe I should take a nap or something like that. So, um, I think that's a never ending journey that we're all on and that I will always be on. Yep. Yeah. I, that's, I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, you know, because I think different, different phases of our life, we have different needs. And I think really recognizing that and, you know, maybe you're working more and so you're more tired and you need to rest a little bit extra, um, you know, or your kids are doing X, Y, Z, you know, all, all sorts of things can kind of, you know, or as, as I am, you're getting closer to perimenopause and, you know, things are changing, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so I think that's, I think that's a really, really great way of looking at it. Like just continuing to listen to our bodies and pushing aside some of the sort of things that society is trying to press on us, um, but really focusing on what our individual body needs, because we are all different and, you know, different backgrounds, different makeups, different day-to-day life. Um, So I think that's, I think that's really great. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you so much, Angie, for sharing your uh, journey with us and your testimonial. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for your support, for both of y'all's support. I know I wouldn't have been able to do it alone. And I'm very appreciative for your research, for your support, for really helping me get to the bottom of a mystery that I was in the middle of for a long time. So Mm -hmm. thank you guys. It Thank was you. an absolute pleasure. Yes. yes. <laughs> so um, lovely to see you again and to see that you're doing so well. So uh, thank you again. And uh, let's speak soon. Yeah. Sounds good. Bye, Bye. Angie. Bye. Bye. All right. So the next person that we're talking to is Lior. Um, Lior, thank you so much for joining us today. And if you could start by telling us a little bit about how you came to have HA and find no period, now what, and sort of that, the sort of the beginning part of your journey, that would be great. Thank you. Thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I started my journey actually when I was 14. Uh, I was diagnosed mm-hmm. with PCOS. Um, immediately after it, uh, they gave me the birth control pill, of course, and mm-hmm. I took it for about eight years. Nobody ever told me I should stop or think of what it's what it's doing to my body, um, or is everything right or wrong with my blood uh, tests. So I took it for eight years, and then I wanted to have my own children. So I took them off, and period never came. We started trying because doctors in my country told me that it might take a while after you stop using your birth control pills and then maybe it will happen. Mm -hmm. So we tried, but nothing happened. After six months, they told me that it's because of the PCOS and that I should be taking treatments for uh, having children like HRT. So I started Mm -hmm. doing that because I never doubted anything they told me. And that's how I gave birth to my two beautiful children. After that, um, my my period still never arrived. So Mm -hmm. I started asking questions, but nobody had any answers. They always told me, it's PCOS, it's your syndrome, 
that's what you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I just accepted that at first. So when I turned 30, for the first time in my life, I did a DEXA test, mm-hmm. which tests your bones density. And the results were that I have osteopenia. At mm. the age of 30, I was frightened because I knew mm-hmm. exactly what that means and I knew exactly where it leads to. So I started Googling, what can I do to keep my bones safe? And mm-hmm. every article lead me to having estrogen in your body is the first thing. But yep. when you're not ovulating, you don't have any estrogen in your body. So you need period for, to do that. So I thought to myself, okay, so I need to go back to the birth control pill to keep my bones safe. When mm-hmm. I came back to the doctor, she was very excited to give me the birth control pill again. And when I asked her, <laughs> will it keep my bones safe? Then she said, mm, I'm not sure. I don't know. You should, you should ask, ask someone else. That's actually not a bad answer. I mean, yeah. So I started asking. So I started asking. I started asking doctors and everyone told me, we don't know. There are no articles about it. There are no research about it. Um, maybe not. I, I started to ask myself some questions. And then one doctor told me, no, they will not keep your bones safe. Mm-hmm. When he said that, I started thinking, how on earth am I going to get my period back? And mm-hmm. I started Googling, how can I get my period back? <laughs> and then I, w- I found this incredible book, No Period, mm-hmm. Now What? Immediately, I downloaded it, of course, and read everything about it. And every page, I just kept thinking, oh my God, this is me. This is me. Mm-hmm. This is definitely me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I contacted uh, Nicola. Right. And um, Lior, do you mind telling us in which country you are? Because I know a lot of the stories that you know we typically hear around um, recovery, they come from English-speaking countries. Um, but where are you, Lior? I'm from Israel. Um, in my country, HA is something that is never talked about and yeah. mostly not understood. When I told my doctor that I have HA, he told me, no, you cannot have HA. You're not an Olympic athlete. <laughs> that's, that's what's the answer. And I told him, yes, but I'm, I'm an athlete. I, I work out many hours a week. Mm-hmm. I am in a very low percentage body fat. I am in a very high stress intensity lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I think I have it. And he said, no, if you're not an Olympic athlete, you cannot have that. <laughs> that was the answer. So in, in Israel... We need our little eh buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> so in Israel, they don't know about it. And it was very frustrated because all the, all the time, the journey that I was going through, the doctors in Israel kept doubting that. And even one time, one doctor told me, why are you doing that to yourself? Are you enjoying doing that to yourself and I just kept going because I knew they don't understand it's not that they Mm -hmm. don't want to help me it's just that they don't understand that specific field yeah 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 and there's really a lack of 
you know, education of practitioners that yes, you can get it without being an Olympic athlete. None of us here are Olympic athletes. I think if somebody would ask me if I was an Olympic athlete, I would burst out laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but Lior, you were working in the field of fitness, right? Yes, I'm a fitness trainer. Exactly. And I own a studio. I was training back then my own training five times a week for an hour, an hour and a half each time. Very mm -hmm. high intensity training. And then I was working at my studio for many hours mm -hmm. a day. Uh, even if I was just demonstrating things, I kept on working out practically all day long. Yeah. And beside that, after work, I was enjoying to go for a run or for <laughs> jogging. Of it, was, it was how I decreased my stress, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I was a very active person. So you're, you're closer to an Olympic athlete than any of us. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> so once you found the book and you found out about what Nicola was doing, what kind of really got you into, I really need the support of private coaching and I need to work with this woman. I need her to help me. So actually I found the book when I was 30 and I turned to Nicola only when I was 32. Yeah. It mm -hmm. took me two years after reading the book, I think twice to reach out and really seek for help because at first when I read it, I understood it was me, but I was not ready to do anything different in my life. I wasn't mm -hmm. ready. I felt like it's too much and that I'm not willing to do that. After um, I had a miscarriage, I thought maybe I can do something else with my body. And even though I'm not really confident it was related to one another, I felt like I need to treat my body differently. And mm -hmm. I had to see if the book was right. I said, I said to myself, it's an experiment that you have to had to figure out for yourself if you are one of the people in the book. And if mm -hmm. so, and if you have the power to change your life without taking pills, without suffering things like miscarriage, and you can change the way your body activates, then I felt like I have to try it. What do I have to lose? I lost my mm -hmm. baby. What, what else can I lose more than that? So I think that was what really had me starting. It was so strong and so powerful that I said, okay, this is enough. That's beautiful. I'm sorry you went through this though. I had another baby after that, my beautiful, beautiful daughter. So I think everything worked out for the best. Yeah. 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 Um, so can you tell us a little bit, did you, did you have any aha moments during coaching? I know you worked with both me and Florence. Um, you know, what were some things that, that really helped you working with us? And, um, you know, how were, what were your goals? How did you, you know, how did we help you reach those? I had aha moments all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was 
two different kinds of aha. Mm -hmm. The first one was like questioning. Am I going to get my period back? Is it going to happen to me? And the second one was, aha, this is going to happen to me. It was mm -hmm. two kinds of aha, actually. <laughs> so I will just start from the first one. I questioned the process many times during the world, even though I didn't want to. I wanted to believe in it completely and to go with it with all my heart, and I did. But there were times where I felt, maybe it's not right. Maybe it's not me. Maybe I'm not going to get it. it. It's been so long. I got my first period after nine months. So every month looked like a year back then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I, I came to realize that I need to find balance in my life every day, something that can help me every day. And I think that Florence mentioned in one of our conversations that I need to have quotes that will help me to fully believe that I'm going to get a period. So what I did was to write on my mirror, which I'm seeing every day, few times a day. And whenever I go through and see myself in the mirror, that where, when the like bad body image thoughts came mm -hmm. to my mind, mm -hmm. I wrote on the mirror, this beautiful body is going to give you your period back. And whenever I had doubts, especially when I saw my body changing, then I, would, I was reading that and it always gave me power and faith to go stronger and harder and to push myself to find my true identity because that was something that I felt like I was missing back then. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote on another mirror, trust the process. Trust the process. I wrote it three times. Everyone was so, <laughs> everyone laughed at me back then because my mirror was, was filled with quotes, but I understood every single one of them and mm -hmm. they, were they were meaning something to me. And the aha moments that I came to realize that something happened is small, small things that I was maybe back then much more aware of them because I was looking for them like a libido coming back mm -hmm, or like mm -hmm. I'm not cold anymore at all. Everyone are cold and I'm, I'm hot. How can it be? Uh -huh. <laughs> Things like, like I was, wow, something is changing. Um, even things around food, like I'm starting to eat a candy bar and I don't want to finish it why don't you want to finish it? Finish it. Mm -hmm. No, but I, I don't feel like it. It's not so powerful anymore. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there were many of them. Um, especially when I, when I saw how my body reacts to everything differently. I never knew it could do that before. That's really nice. Um, and... Can you tell us a little bit how the process kind of unf unfolds for you, right? Because uh, we have this question about like, what is it after HA? But where are you right now in your own recovery process? Can you tell us a little bit? You told us it took you nine months. 
to get your first period back. So tell us a little bit more about how the whole process works, because I know you worked really closely with Nicola as well. Yeah, I worked really closely with Nicola because Nicola was the answer for me because the doctors in my country could not help me. So Nicola was the light in my life, (laughs) really. Um, And she gave me answers to every single question I had all the time, 24-7, which was amazing because when you are dealing with recovery, you feel like you have to have an answer now, maybe yesterday even. So it was very, very helpful. Uh, I started the journey by stopping exercising, mm-hmm. not completely, I want to mention, because there were always things saying about, can you exercise during recovery? Yes or no. And I believe that for many people, the answer is no, because they don't know when to stop. But I had a boundary. It was very, very strict. My heart rate is not more than 100 BPM. And which one who exercise know that 100 BPM is like going up the stairs? Yeah, it's quite <laughs> it's low. very, very low. And I mentioned to myself that exercises must be not more than half an hour and not more than twice a week. And... Mm-hmm. I have to eat very, very well before and properly afterwards. So I had very strict rules about exercising. And even though it was not even close to anything I was doing before, because exercising before was very, very intense, it kept me a bit sane during the process. And Mm -hmm. whenever I saw my heart rate goes even to 101 I just stop everything I was doing and start breathing, sitting down and breathing, drinking water for as long as it took until I saw 80 again. And then I started back. And if I spend 15 minutes from my 30 minutes workout, sitting down and drinking water, I accepted that. So mm-hmm. I think that for many people, should they exercise during recovery? The answer is no. I was very, very strict about it. And I think that was what helped me to mm-hmm. fit it in my recovery journey. And then I started going all in. All in was never uh, so frightened for me as I thought it would be. I was very afraid at first to go all in. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to eat all the refrigerator and more <laughs> and I will be huge. But when I started, truly, I started listening to my body cues of hunger and satisfaction satisfaction and i realized that i don't need as much as i thought i did gain mm-hmm. weight i gained kilograms which is pounds nearly and it was very very hard for me <laughs> nicola and florence know how much uh, i felt like my identity is changing like i don't know who i am anymore I I couldn't look at myself for the first time in my life because before I was very high confident person and mm-hmm. then I started to understand that I need to find not new identities for myself but old identities like true identities that I just 
kept on the darkness because I didn't have time for them. Yeah. So I started playing the piano again. I starting nice. I started drawing again. I started mm-hmm. walking again just for fun, not to burn calories, not to um hit some mark of 10k steps just for fun to hear music mm-hmm. to go to the sea mm-hmm. to walk by the beach or i wrote a children book what things that i yeah that's amazing <laughs> things that i loved to do before but when my fitness identity took over many years ago i actually didn't have time for anything mm-hmm. i had time to work out and then to work and then to work out again <laughs> So the process today is still going. Actually, I got my third period today, which Yay! is quite amazing. <laughs> I was re- really looking forward to it. And then we got to talk today and then it came. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still very excited from every period. Um, and I still keep most things as in recovery, because I just don't want to jeopardize the process that I did Uh until today. And because basically it's not that hard for me to eat when I wake up or to keep my body fed during the day. It's, it's, it Mm -hmm. seems quite obvious Mm -hmm. today. And I just started cooperating workouts uh, this last week, very slowly very moderate, not that high intensity. It feels like high intensity because I didn't do anything the past year, but mm-hmm. I know that it's slowly and it's moderate. And I'm waiting to see how my body will react. Yeah. Well, congratulations after Thank close you. to 20 years of amenorrhea, right? So yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Well done, you. Thank you. Yeah. So... um if you could recommend one thing to people who are missing their periods now and looking to get them back, what what would that be? First of all, to be really honest with yourself if you're doing everything right. And by right, I mean everything that you know you should be doing to get your period back. Because I think that for the first two years, I was trying to, but not really. I told myself that mm-hmm. I'm doing something to change that but then I wasn't so first of all to be honest with yourself because if you're waiting for a train that will never come it's very frustrating but if you are riding on the right track and Mm -hmm. you're doing anything you can to get your period back I'm most confident that it will happen I think that something that I will recommend is to go and search for your other personalities because in all of us I believe there are many uh, aspects of life and you can sit in your living room feeling frustrated crying feeling hurt um, crying about your not so perfect body anymore or you can go and look for things that your body can do for you differently Florence Mm -hmm. told me that, that my body can do so many other amazing things. And in one of her conversations, she said, 
I talked about my arms getting bigger and that it was so frustrating for me to see that. And she told me, let's see what else your, your arms can do. They can hug your children. They can write. They can uh, jump and raise them in the air. They can... Um, I, 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 they can draw, they can, uh, they can draw things, they can paint, they can do so many other things for you that are not related to how they look in the mirror. And then I started finding things about myself that were missing for many, many mm. years. Mm-hmm. And those things like playing the piano or like drawing or like mm. writing the book or even spending time with my family and children just doing nothing. They gave me so much joy and they filled me with things that I never had when I was working out because working Mm -hmm. out was very energetic and they gave me so much passion and enthusiasm, but joy is something else. So all those other things gave me perspective, gave me joy, gave me the chance to calm down and just to mm-hmm. look at the world and not to miss everything because I have to go to work out now. It's in my uh, like program. So I think that you should find other things in yourself. Yeah. And if you're not sure what it is, you can... Ask your friends, your mom, your sister, what was I like when I was growing up, when I was a child? What was I, what, what was I doing? What, what I loved to do? And maybe mm-hmm. you can start doing that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I and couldn't agree more. Totally. It's such an important part. And I think, you know, that's why also I, you should be so proud of the work that you've achieved because you literally had, um, a, a an identity that was rooted in your job and your you know everyday life and for for many of us it's like that but the reality is that you were also financially related to the identity definitely and I'm wondering before we ask you a ritual question if you can tell us a little bit what is going to change for you as a fitness trainer as a studio owner now that you've gone through this um experience at first I was so afraid to go through that process in my personal life because I was afraid it was gonna mess up my career I Mm. thought that my my clients will say oh my god now she's she gained weight so maybe she's not worthy of Mm -hmm. training us Mm. and I decided to go for it anyway because I'm living my life and not anyone else. And when I started gaining weight, I just, it came to, I came to realize that the exact opposite of what I was afraid from happened. Every, every person around me, mostly women told me how nice it is to look at me now that now I am reflecting something that is human and that is, Mm. Um, achievable and they Mm -hmm. can relate to me much more so as a studio owner I I think that the exact opposite happened it I didn't lose any clients I just 
gained more. Um, wow. Yeah, it was amazing. And so many women reached out to me and told me how amazing my process is because now I'm reflecting on a normal, healthy body image and not something that you can maybe see on a magazine, but you can never achieve for yourself, mm -hmm. which is very frustrating. Mm -hmm. And now as a studio owner, I'm much more aware of what I'm asking from my clients of how much I'm judging them, which now I'm not. Mm -hmm. At first, before I uh, started this journey, I thought that you can do anything, but you need to push hard, you need to train hard, you need to do anything in your power, in your willpower to achieve whatever your goal is. And today, I think, first of all, you need to put an achievable goal in your life and then mm -hmm. you should do whatever you can but in the logic sense in the in 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 the logic sense of how much effort and how much sacrifice you put into it so today i look at my clients differently i think whenever they are not doing anything they can as if i tell them okay Never mind, nothing happened. Mm -hmm. You can try again mm -hmm. or not. You can accept everything as it is. I mean, I'm so much calm, calmer now. I feel like I have softened. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm so, like, I, I'm so amazingly happy to hear that. Just, I, I think it sounds like a really like beautiful place to be for yourself and for your clients and it you is. know I think that that's yeah it's I'm I'm, I'm teary I'm good I know <laughs> it's it's making me emotional to think that you're gonna pass yeah. that on to mm -hmm. you know potentially your your whole community and yeah. that you're not gonna judge anymore by their appearance but you're gonna judge by how well they feel when they come to you and they move their bodies um, I think I never judged by a by an appearance mm -hmm. but I thought and I told them that you can achieve any appearance if you really want to. And want now to. I understand that any appearance is not good for everyone, first of all. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. second of all, you don't need to harm or injure your healthy to achieve any look. Of course. Yeah. And yeah. today I think that I just look at fitness differently fitness should inspire you to move not yeah. to burn calories of course yep sport That's should sport amazing. should make you feel great to to feel good about yourself to to feel alive and mm -hmm. not to just keep you on a track or yeah. to mm -hmm. see how much have you worked out this week or how much calories have you burned or to earn your to earn your food by exercising mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah nice. 100% yay <laughs> <laughs> so the question that we always ask at the end of our podcast is how are you all in in your life today so not necessarily about the food and exercise but just something that you're giving your all to 
I'm giving my all to right now for my children, first of all. I think mm -hmm. that one very mainly thing that kept me going through this whole time is them. I mm -hmm. was thinking about my bones as we spoke before and I didn't want to think that five years from now when my son is 10 he will have to carry me or to do something for me and I will not be able to be there for him because I'm jeopardizing my health and my uh, mobility for some kind of fitness model image body that I had and I'm all in today with listening to my body that's mm -hmm. the most important thing for me I listen to everything to my hunger cues to my satisfaction to my uh, thoughts to my well-being to my stress I'm I'm doing everything I can to keep my body very nourished and well mm -hmm. and I think it's an all in forever. Wow, Lior. <laughs> you got us in tears. <laughs> um it was so nice to hear your story again. Um I I'm just really amazed at how strong you were through this process. I remember how hard it was what we were asking of you when you were really in the midst of it. And mm. um and I'm I'm so glad that you know we can carry that message well beyond the English speaking community. Yeah. Uh, Thank you know, you. if there's you and you know the women in us in your studio or that you train already getting to know this better, it's like a huge step ahead. Um, and you know, slowly, slowly this is how culture is gonna change. So thank you for your time and all your efforts and accepting to come on the podcast today. Yes, thank you for everything you have done for me, both of you. Thank you. Thank you so it much was, for joining us. It was really lovely you. to have you and chat with you. Always a pleasure. So take good care of yourself. Keep uh, being all in, listening to your body. Definitely uh, mm -hmm. something we would recommend. All in for life. I think we should, yes. yeah. <laughs> we should maybe print t-shirts or something. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we will stay in touch. And um, thank you again. Bye, Lior. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, please take a few minutes to reflect on it and think how you have been all in this past week or few weeks. Um, it always strikes me how different each person's all-in journey is. As I often say, there are many paths to HA and many paths out of it. Your journey is unique. That is so true. And if you need more support on your journey, you should definitely start with No Period Now What, which you can get at noperiod.info slash book. You can also go to noperiod.info slash appointments to schedule a time to speak with me on understanding your blood work, fixing issues underlying your missing periods, and for guidance around fertility treatments, pregnancy, and post-recovery changes. And visit beyondbodyimage.com slash work dash with dash me to connect with me to overcome the fear of weight gain and finally develop healthy coping mechanisms around stress and your relationship with food, exercise, and your body. Remember, we also have joined clients, so you can access both our domains of expertise within a common coaching package of sessions available from both our websites. 
Also, join the No Period Now at Recovery Support Group at noperiod.info slash support and let us know how All In is going for you. Finally, if you enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please drop us a review on iTunes to help more people find it. All In is not just about period recovery. It's about getting your life back. See you in two weeks. Lost again, you were lost in Fatima. Now find yourself and then take all that you've learned about life, love, and loss, pleasure, and pain. And never get lost, never get lost again.